Bibles to where? John 15. Yay, we're back there again. Uh, but as Paul Harvey said, here's the rest of the story. Um, okay, so um, my name is Pastor Roger, and uh, I'm excited to be the lead pastor here of the dwelling place. And we are looking forward to what God is doing. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the giving tree. And um, in there, we've talked about how Jesus is the true vine uh, and how God the Father is the gardener. Uh, and we really liked last week's sermon about pruning process, right? The cutting and taking away of things. That's always fun. Um, <clears throat> and so as we read through on in uh, chapter 15, uh, we realize there is... Um, other parts that we, um, as we study the scripture, um, sometimes we notice different things every time we read it. So we're going to continue on. Uh, we'll pick up where we left off last week from verse in verse 9. Because, um, like I said, we talked about how what Jesus is and what the Father is, but what about us? Where do we fit into this? Because sometimes um, you should, when you study scripture, kind of think, okay, God, how does this apply to me today? I can learn all I want about, uh, and you can get into Bible studying. Okay, you can get into like, okay, this was written on the Mount of Olives on the third cliff over to the left. Like that was where Jesus pulled the olive from and ate it. Okay, maybe, I don't know. Uh, you can get into all the Bible study you want, but if you don't apply it to your life, it does no good. You know, you need to have it apply to your life. And so... Let's pick up in verse 9, because Jesus doesn't leave us out. I'm so grateful for this. He says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Okay, we talked about that, remember? We talked about remaining in God's love. Okay, but how do you do that? How do you remain in love? Like, is it like a pool of love, and I just sit in the pool? I can do that. I love sitting in pools, Right? John and Brennan, you can say amen to that one. Okay, verse 10. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Okay, that doesn't sound like a pool. Verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we ask that it would come alive. This is breathing, living scripture today. So God, Lord, as we interact with you, your word today, Lord, let us be aware of what we need to change in our lives. Let it take root, plant. God, help us open our ears, open our eyes, that we would see what you are teaching us today. I ask that you would hide me, your servant, to, behind the cross. Holy Spirit, anoint my tongue to speak your words, not mine. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, okay, so first of all, what I see when it comes to us and what we're supposed to do, okay? If I were to title my sermon, I would title it um, Bearing Branches. Okay, we are the branch, he is the vine. So, okay, so we got our part to play in this parable story that Jesus is telling here. But we have something to do. We need to bear stuff. We need to bear fruit. So how do we do that? Well, one, 
He says to remain in his love. Well, how, so love, what does love do? Well, one, love keeps commands. Love keeps commands. Notice in verse 10, it says this, If you, you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Oh, that's simple. That's easy, right? Just obey Jesus and you get to stay in his love. That simple. We all got to figure it out. Let's clock out, go home, right? Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So Jesus was the example of what we need to be. We all know that. That's not anything prolific. Wow, Pastor Roger, you're amazing. I didn't know that before. But, you know, when I think about keeping commands, you know, it has been challenging with a dog. Especially one that doesn't want to listen all the time. Uh, And an old dog doesn't learn new tricks very often. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so we have one, like, there's one that we really, he doesn't roll over. He doesn't play. I mean, he play with you. uh, But, like, if you have one of his toys, he goes and hides it under his blanket. Because he doesn't want you to touch his stuff. Okay, fine. You got your own little cage. You're good. But... But one thing that we do really want him to do is when he comes in off of the, uh, out of, outside on the leash, we tell him to sit down. Sit down, we unhook him, then he can get his little treat. I don't know if it's because I have a deeper voice, but he listens to my commands, but not to Tammy's. He will not sit down, and he will like, why are you letting me go? Why am I stuck here? I don't know. Just sit. Just follow a command. Well, we're not dogs, Okay. But sometimes we have a hard time obeying the commands that Jesus gives us. Now, we talked about how remaining a couple weeks ago, if you remember, is this idea of tarry, right? Of, of just waiting around with God. And so sometimes you need to wait and understand what scriptures are, what the commands are. The problem is, is that if we twiddle our thumbs waiting, God, I'm, I'm, I'm remaining in you. Okay, well, I need you to go do something, too. There's a, there's a mixture of both that, that some of this is, hey, I've already told you what you should do. Take care of widows and orphans. You know, why is our foster care system so out of whack in America? Why, why is it so hard for kids to be adopted when God's command is clear? Take care of widows and orphans. We need to already, those aren't things that we should ask God, should I do this or not? We should. I mean, those are commands that was already given to us. And yet, God, I want to remain in you. I want to remain in you. Okay, well, keep my commands. Love keeps commands. So how do you, in remaining this tearing, one is just talking with God, right? Keep praying. First Peter 5, 6, and 7 tells us this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he, may, that he may lift you up in due time. Verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When you worry about things, talk to God. When you, when, when you are frustrated about things, talk with God. Keep talking with God. Don't try to carry it yourself. You weren't meant to. Now, he may give you wisdom of what to do in those times. And a lot of times we do that, right? We pray for wisdom. We say, God, we want your wisdom. We, we need to know what you want us to do. God just wants a conversation all the time, though. Well, when you, when you are casting your cares on him or your anxiety on him, you know, oh, God, I really shouldn't have ate that Taco Bell. 
Now, some of that, yes, is your own fault. You chose to go through the drive-thru. But on the other side, it's just constantly talking with him. Remaining in God's love is to constantly talk with him. Keep praying. Keep obeying. Uh, John, in his epistle, writes this to the early church. and He says, this is how we to know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. Oh, there's nothing new written from Jesus to John in the early church. Verse 3, in fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. I love God, well, do you keep his commands? That's an easy way. How am I, how am I supposed to love God? Okay, obviously we know that and, and when we say love in America, right, that covers a lot of things. I love pizza, right? But I love God. Is that the same thing? Is my pizza is equal to, no, it's not equal to God. I mean, meat lover's pizza is pretty higher up there. Pineapple on pizza. But I'm not saying it's close to God, though. You know, and, and John even tells us that his commands are not burdensome. I don't know, I read some of, some of uh, the Gospels and I'm kind of, what do you mean I'm supposed to pluck out my eye? What? But if you do it with the power of Jesus, remaining in Jesus, he'll give you the power to help keep the commands. Now, it's like this coin. It's one coin, right? On the one side is to love God. On the flip side is obedience. You, you can't separate the two out. I can tell my wife I love her every day. But if I don't listen to what she says to me, hey, honey, I need you to go pick up milk. Oh, I forgot. Is she going to feel the love that's there? If, if there's no action to my words, does it make a difference? You can't separate out this part of God's word. To follow after God is to keep his commands. You cannot love God if you are not keeping his commands. You, you, you just can't. If you don't follow his commands, you're not loving God. And those are branches that aren't bearing fruit. And those fruits are pruned off and wither away. You have to, be, to know that keeping his command is the same thing as loving God. And obedience is not some duty that we have to, to do. It should come out of this overflow of gratitude in our lives. God, you are so good to me. I want to obey you. God, you have spared me from so much. Let me love you. Let me do the things that you need me to do. God, I want to follow after you. Why? Because I was lost and now I'm found. There should be out of the overflow of abundance of what he's done for us, we should, his love is chasing after us, we should be chasing after him as well. And out of that abundance, that gratitude in our lives, our thankfulness, our thanksgiving should be back to God and following his commands. And notice in verse 11, it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, love completes joy. 
Not only does love keep commands, but love completes joy. If you want true joy in your life, love God. Now, listen, uh, I watched watched a movie, um, (laughs) surprise, Uh, it's actually uh, C.S. Lewis, the most reluctant Christian, Um, and it's a one-man play, it's really cool. But it's from his autobiography. And in it, he said this one, he talks, all of his quotes. But he said this one line that really, like, shocked me. It was that joy is never in our power, but pleasure often is. A lot of times people are searching for joy, but they find pleasure. And pleasure is fleeting. Happiness is fleeting. We can be happy for a moment. But if we want true joy, it's not necessarily in our power, it's with God. You can, because the things that we think are joy, those moments, those surprises that come are really from God just giving his gift of joy to us. The pleasures that are here, and the sinful man is like, ooh, that feels great. Let's do that again. And then tries to seek it in ways that aren't meant to be found. But true joy, if you follow the commands of God, love completes joy. Because notice where the joy comes from in verse 11. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you. It comes from Jesus. Remember, he's the true vine. And if we're remaining in him, that joy that Jesus has comes into our hearts. I mean, it's not like we, we try to seek it. I mean, it's not like it's hide and go seek, okay? Like, oh, where's joy at? I got to find it. Or it's, it's not like this like destination Indiana Jones style where I got to go to the temple of doom to find joy. No, that's not where it's at. It's in God. We know where it is. We don't have to go searching. We just have to remain with him. And as we love, as we follow after him, joy becomes complete in us. As we, co- as we follow God's commands, the joy fills up inside of us, which then overflows into great... I mean, it, there's, it should continue on. And, and how do I know this? Because David said it way back in the Psalms. Psalm 1611, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. It's in God's presence that you fill me with joy, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. David even knew that. That only joy comes from, the, from being in the presence of God. That's why I encourage you to worship during the week. Why? Because joy can come in those moments. Joy doesn't have to be a thing that, oh, I can only get it this time. The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. strength. If you need strength, if you feel tired, are you in love to get the joy? Because see, joy, we think, is something that we unwrap like a gift. It's not. Joy is by as we follow after God, his joy gets put into us. And it's so that our joy can be then complete. And in that, we get to know God. And in his presence, the pleasures are at his right hand. Notice that David doesn't seek after the pleasures. 
He seeks after the presence. Too many times we seek the handouts of God instead of God himself. And he goes, if you just come after me, come into my presence, I have them all right here for you. I'm not holding them back. You keep asking for things, but yet you don't spend time with me. Remain in me, and I have them for you. Remain in me. The giving tree, I have it to give to you. I am the true vine, and I want to give it to you, but just remain in me. Follow my commands. If you follow, the joy will be complete. You know, and as kids, we're taught this, that we need to have, um, to have joy, we need to have our, we need to have things in the right order. Jesus, others, yourself. Have you put Jesus first, then others, then yourself, humble yourself, and he will raise you up in due time. But humble yourself, then you have joy. It's right there. It's not, again, this isn't, this is elementary, y'all. But it's crucial that sometimes we, we get caught up in life. We get caught up in the doings and the happenings. Listen, we're going to have smorgasbord. Well, I don't know about you. My mom is a great cook. And so I'm going to have a smorgasbord to eat this week. All right? Uh, I don't think I could get her to do potato dumplings. Please. No, that's Christmas only? Man, okay. It's only one time a year that my mom will sacrifice and do some potato dumplings. Anyway, you know, if you raise others up above yourself, mom, it would give you joy. Just saying. Uh, Anyway, I'm just joking. It's still not happening. Uh, Anyway, where was I? I lost my train of thought. We got off. Oh, okay. Uh, The idea, though, is that when we have a smorgasbord in front of us, we, we, we become grateful for what we have. What happens when are we grateful for what we don't have? God, I'm grateful that I don't have to hide when I worship. God, I'm grateful that I don't have to fill in the blank. Sometimes we're, we're grateful for what we have. That's like a kid. The kid's grateful for every toy that they get. I mean, even a baby plays with a box. I mean, they're grateful for the box they get. But are we grown up to realize, God, I'm grateful for what you have still left for me to learn. God, I'm grateful that I'm still growing and that I can still bear new fruit. I mentioned last week, right? I got used in a new way of interpreting a dream. I've never been used like that before. God is good. And yet, okay, God, what are you going to do next? Or, or am I grateful or am I timid? God, don't use me like that again. I'm not ready. Or are we saying, God, you said that I'll have a life and life to the fullest abundantly. God, I'm ready to take that next roller coaster step. Now, listen, I enjoy roller coasters. My body does not. <laughs> okay? Like, I like the thrill. My, my stomach goes, hey, hold up. What you doing? Uh, I may not be able to do roller coaster after roller coaster after roller coaster. What was it? My friends, they had a, uh, well, of course, every youth group goes to Cedar Point in Ohio uh, every summer. 
Uh, and as we went, we had a lady who had MS and uh, a teenager. And so you're allowed to take uh, you and three other guests with you. And you go up the handicapped side and get on the ride. And you kind of get some rides will let you pick their seat. So they rode in every front of every roller coaster. And they let you stay on, like back then, they let you stay on two times. You could go twice in a row, one right after the other. And in two hours, they rode every ride in Cedar Point. Well, one of the leaders went with them because they love roller coasters. After that, they're like, I'm sitting down the rest of the day. That was a lot of roller coasters. There's a reason why there's like an hour, 45-minute wait or longer to let your body settle in between rides. But God knows what he's doing when he gives you that life abundantly. He's not going to stretch you far beyond what you can go. He knows what you can bear. And he'll take you. Hey, you want to go? He'll take you there. Great. Okay. All right. What's next, God? Hold on. You need to rest a little bit. And some of you are like, I'm ready. I want to go. I want to go. And God's like, hey, hold up. Just rest. It's okay to rest for a season. It's okay that you're, that you're not busy right now. I, I really want this person to step up, but if you go and step up in front of them, I, they can't be used. I'm trying to work on their heart, and you're taking over their responsibility. And other times, it could be like, because you can, the joy may be complete in you. Allow others above yourself. God, how can I train someone with me? Because what Jesus did was he brought disciples along with him and trained with him. God, who can I grow with me? Who can I challenge with me? This was never meant to be about yourself. Remember, fruit is not for you. You're the branch. Fruit's for others. Verse 12 states the other thing that we need to, that love does. It says this. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other. When, when we keep God's commands, it brings joy into our lives. But how do we know that we're loving? By loving each other. Let's keep reading in John 15. Look at verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you my friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. He says it twice. Back to back. Book caps. Love each other. See, we have this fight inside of us between selflessness and selfishness. I want, I need, I desire, I, I, I have goals. That's selfishness. Selflessness says, I'm going to put you above me. That, now, we talk about that a lot of times in marriage, right? That, oh, if love one another and the, the 
headed and the, you know, the women and other men and all this. We talk about how you should sacrifice for one another in marriage. What about in relationships with your friends? Relationships in the church? Do you put others above yourself? Now, I'm not talking about being a doormat, okay? Not saying that. Don't be abused. That's a difference. It's a stark difference. But if you are constantly focused on what you need and what you want, or you try to manipulate a situation and to get the best out of it, you check your heart. Because that fight is always going to be there of what you need or what you want. It's like, I'm going to pick on my son. It wasn't even like school yet, or maybe it was September. And he had already written this Christmas wish list for Grandma. Because he knew that Grandma was going to get the stuff. He did give one to us. He knew that we were going to say no. But he knew Grandma might get the stuff if he, if he snuck in early. Right? Like if I tell my grandma what I want versus my parents telling them I might get the stuff I, you know, what, what my parents won't. And that we have that case of I want sometimes when we come to God. God, I want this or I, I need this. God, I, I want wisdom. God, I need this. And Jesus is like, listen, you'll get all that. But I need you to keep my commands. Remain in me. Go and take care of the poor. Go and take care of the widows. Go take care of the orphans. Go keep my commands. Love one another. What does Jesus say? If you're at the altar and you have a problem with your brother, or you know that the, your brother has a problem with you, leave your gift at the altar, go and take, make amends, and then come back. Because I won't accept your worship until you take care of that, because I'd rather you love one another than, than keep a command or do worship. I'd rather you go love one another. Oh, you can't, you, your, your disciples are picking wheat on the Sabbath. That's working. They were eating, they were munching. They had the munchies. And if a donkey is falling into a ditch, wouldn't you help him out? Love your neighbor? Help him out even if it's on the Sabbath? Love each other. So let me ask you, would you lay down your life for your spouse? For your family? Your friend? Would you lay down your life for a church member? How about their coworker? Would you lay down your life for your boss? How about your neighbor? The stranger? What about a Muslim? Or a foreigner? Or a politician? Or an enemy? Would you lay down your life for them? Because loving each other is not specified to love only Christians. I didn't read that there. Did you? Love only Christians? Love each other. Because Jesus told them the command earlier that night in John 13. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So, what are we, so then, by the way, there, here's a hint to next week's sermon. What's the very first fruit of the Spirit? Oh, surprise, surprise. Love. What is our church known as? Friendly. That was a very friendly church. 
kind. It's a serving church. Man, whenever we need something, we can ask them and they'll serve. Are we known as the movie church? The fun church? The cool? The hip? Are we known as a place to meet God? Or are we known for our love? Because you'll be known, you'll, be, you'll know, people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So let me ask you this question today. What are you known as? What are you known as? I don't know where you're at in your journey with God. Some of you, you might need to learn what God's commands are so you can even follow them. That's, you read this scripture right here. If you don't have a Bible, come see me. I got one for you. But as you read God's word and as you understand what his commands are, then you can also remain in Jesus' love. Some of you, you already know the commands. You know what God wants you to do. So that's not the question you need to ask today. Maybe, it's, maybe we need to switch some priorities around so that God's joy can be made complete in us. Maybe we need to fight off some selfishness in our hearts. God, I want your joy. I want the strength that you promised in Scripture. Okay? Humble yourself. Okay, well, what does that mean? That might mean not getting a Starbucks coffee. That might mean humbling yourself and saying, okay, I'm not going to eat out as much. Some of it might mean humble myself. Okay, God, I'm going to invite those people over even though my house is dirty because I'm going to humble myself. People might think I'm a messy person. Humble yourself if God tells you to invite someone over. Humble yourself. What if people are afraid that... Did they know, uh, it was interesting when someone had said they passed out their, their candy bag. They're like, well, that's from your church. At least they knew that you went to church. Good job. But some of us might be scared to even give it away. Why? Because I, I don't want someone to think that. I, I'm okay with me coming to church. But I really don't want my neighbor to come to church. They're weird. They smell bad. You don't know my coworker. They're annoying. They're obnoxious. They can't sit next to me in church. Humble yourself. Switch some priorities around. Or do we need to work on our love for one another? And I'm not talking about the person sitting across the aisle from you today talking about the people in your life. Man, that's a loving person. Could they say that about you if I went and interviewed people around you? Could they say, Tammy's a loving person. She just loves the socks off me. Okay, don't pull people's socks off. That's weird. That's gross. 
But are you known for your love? Or are you known as the fun person, the funny person, the pastor, the, the pie baker? Man, every Thanksgiving, this person makes pies. I know them because of their pies. Or, man, that person loves me enough to make me pie. Which, I'm not asking for pie. <laughs> My wife bakes enough. <sighs> but what are you known as? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would allow your Holy Spirit to flow in this room right now. God, reveal to us what we are known as now, currently. And God, help us or show us a way that people would know that we love them. Help us, God, to keep your commands. That as we love you, we would keep your commands. God, Lord, I pray that you would help us. That joy would be made complete in our lives. God, Lord, I pray that each of us would experience your joy this week. As we have family coming into town and food to buy and prep. and God, Lord, I pray that we would see the need in our community, whether it's our neighbors or our co-workers. God, if they need to feel your love, Holy Spirit, let us be attuned with you and invite them over. God, Lord, I pray that we would allow you to be glorified all for your glory. And let us be known, not just a place that we can meet with God, but the dwelling place is a loving place. And that each of us are loving people. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name.